What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, coming back at you with another episode on the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. Yo, yo, yo. What's poppin'? I'm here with my brother, my good friend, Elder Darren Ralph. Oh, wow. Not the elder. No, yeah. Yes, what's up, everybody? Glad to be here. Yes. So we're going to be having a conversation about compassion and relational intelligence. And I feel like this is a very interesting topic to have. I feel like Darren is a really good person to discuss this topic because he seems to be very um, diligent with relational intelligence and compassion. So, um, thank you, sir. You're you're very welcome. Is there anything? <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that you want to say before we start? Um, I think these topics are really important in relationships. I've seen in my life where, um, it makes a difference. It makes a big difference. Um, it goes with it goes into patience. It goes into commitment. It goes into, um, a lot of things that just make relationships work or not work. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good topic to be discussing. Do you feel like these topics are overlooked? Yeah. I, I Which the crazy thing is, I think they're overlooked, <coughs> but they're very, they're very much like in broad daylight though. Mm-hmm. Like the effects of you overlooking them are evident to all. You mm-hmm. just don't know that's why, like you haven't made the link. Yeah. So the dysfunction of a relationship is very evident. They just, people don't always understand that it's tied to their relational intelligence. That makes sense. Why do you feel like people overlook it? Um, Probably just lack of knowledge, firstly. Um, your environment really dictates um, or can dictate what you, how you operate. Because if you don't know any better, like if you are raised in a house where there's always like the way you communicate is through arguing, um, that's going to show up when you talk to people, when you try to get your point across. I grew up with um, three older sisters. So we, you kind of like when you, when you grow up with siblings, a lot of siblings, you kind of learn how to get your point in. Mm -hmm. So we didn't always over talk each other, but when people were excited, like you just knew how to like, you got to find a window and jump in, like say what you want to say and make sure everybody can hear it. Say it loud if you need to. So coming out of that environment and I don't, I love my family. Like, you know, I love a big, big families and everything, but coming into other environments is easier to see like, why am I being loud right now? Or why am I feeling like, or even if somebody at somebody else could ask, like, why are you like talking louder than you need to? Like, it's only us two right here. Mm-hmm. That gives you an opportunity to kind of look at that stuff. Yeah. Do you feel like also another reason too is <clears throat> because people are afraid? What do you mean by that? Um, Like sort of like how we were talking about earlier today, with um sorry y'all if y'all hear this train i'm so sorry <laughs> but um like how we were talking about today like in regards to being consistently confronted in certain mm-hmm. areas um you know if it's not something that you're consistently dealing with or confronted in you don't have to deal with the discomfort of trying to implement change and maturity in your life yeah. so um would you say that is definitely a factor yeah for sure i think um like from our last conversation about that, Jesse and I were just talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the importance of let's get into that. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the importance of, first of all, like preaching that confronts you. 
um, when people are not used to having their their faith challenged and not just their faith, but like their actions challenged, if they're not used to correction, um, it's harder for them to have a community or a friend group that will also correct. And then also from that, it's harder for you to exercise correcting yourself when you're wrong, looking mm-hmm. at who you like, what you do, yeah. how you do it and, and presenting that to God. Like, God, I was prideful in that way. I was rebellious in this way. A lot of times we don't use words like that. We think that's just for people in the Bible as if we're, you know, yeah, we're OK. But it's like for those that aren't saved. Right. But like if we were able to be comfortable in confronting our actions or where things are not where they should be, it would be easier. And I do think relational intelligence falls into that. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, um, my question would be, bro, what do you feel like is your definition of relational intelligence? Wow. Um, (laughs) if I could look down (laughs) the Ralph dictionary, my God, um, take us down. It's coming out 2023. Take us down in the words, new language. Just kidding. Um, well, how would I define relational intelligence? I would say it's the, uh, the patience and commitment to, better interactions um in any relationship um and not just the patience and commitment to it but the awareness and the um the exercise of it uh-huh yeah kind of that came off the dome but yeah it makes sense why do you feel like you yo why did you feel like you cho- chose the word patience to be implemented yeah i i just don't think you can have relational intelligence without patience because mm-hmm. firstly before you're patient with anybody else you have to be patient with yourself mm-hmm. to even discover like why am i the way i am like how i was talking earlier about like if maybe you're in a setting and you realize you just talk a little louder or like there's something in you that feels like i have to get my point across no matter what like that type of thing is something to be analyzed and when you're dealing with yourself when you're dealing with um self-confrontation or self-correction or anything like that like it takes the patience and we've talked before like god is very patient with us he's not like you only got a couple more chances before i get rid of you so we have to kind of like take that in with ourselves when we're evolving because this is a lifestyle type of thing this is something you grow into and grow in with every season of your life it's not going to be like a one and done so it definitely takes patience for ourselves but then also to practice it with others it's not black and white. It's not either you did it right or you did it wrong. A lot of relational intelligence is found in examples that are in the gray area that you kind of can take principles from, but no two examples would be the same. What would you define as the gray area? Man. (laughs) (laughs) Where you tough it out with God, like it's not, it's not extremely one way or the other. It's it's somewhere in the middle. So uh, a more tangible example can be like a disagreement happens between two people and there's like multiple things are true at the same time, but you have to figure out what does wisdom say about this example? Mm -hmm. Like what was the best and efficient and most considerate way for both parties to reach success for this conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's like that's not black and white and it takes both parties to have consideration, patience, maturity, all of those things. Yeah. It's really good. Um, I definitely like the fact that you use the words for patience uh, or you use the words for um, relational intelligence, patience and commitment. Cause I definitely feel like, you know, it's something that we should all desire and want, especially as Christians. But I thought about it. I'm like, intelligence is not developed overnight. 
Mm-hmm. Like if you look at somebody who's naturally intelligent, where they study um, a specific subject or field, you know, for us, we graduated as engineers from the illustrious North Carolina Agricultural hey, Technical right. State University Incorporated. Yes, yes, yes. Incorporated. Um, <laughs> um, but intelligence is never developed over time. It takes time in training the mind, confronting the way that the mind you know, thinks. And so I feel like definitely 100%, if you want to operate in intelligence in any space or any arena of your life, it does take time. Um, it's like, it's a journey, not a marathon. Yeah. yeah that's good. I mean, that's it's good. a marathon, not a yeah, race. Yeah. I, get, I got, I got what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Cause like with marathons, like it's not about who usually the person that bursts out in the beginning, full speed ends up losing. But yeah. it's that person that like takes their time to, make sure that they keep their strength, that they keep their ability to speed and like they go their pace. Yeah. Not trying to focus on anybody else's pace. And and that's a good thing where you're talking about like winning and losing because a lot of times in relationships, Christ like relationships and we want mm-hmm. them to be successful, it's like a lot of times winning is taking a loss. Mm-hmm. Like if we want the relationship to win and to work, I have to be willing sometimes to take the loss of the I didn't get my point across or I'm just going to go with what the other person thinks is, you know, best for us because it, you know, you got to weigh it. Does it cost an argument? Like, is it worth you not talking for a day or is it worth you guys um, having a disagreement and saying things that you don't mean, or can I take that loss so we can win type of thing? And there's, you know, there is a variable with all of that. It's dependent upon the situation I'm not suggesting that anybody should just let somebody walk all over them or be defenseless. But um, I do think, you know, selflessness is something that you have to practice as well with this. Yeah. I love how you said you have to lose in order to win because it kind of reminds me of the concepts in the Bible where it talks about like you gain your life once you lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Or in order for you to be exalted, you have to humble yourself, Mm -hmm. you know. Like we live in an upside down kingdom. So even the fact that one could say, okay, I took the L for the corporate W, you know? And like, I think even in that, we have to challenge our perspective because like, why do we consider it an L Mm -hmm. when we don't get our point across? Yeah. Or why do we consider it an L when we have to take the position of being wrong, even though we know that we're right? Yeah. When, in a sense, that's kind of what Christ did, you know, like he took the penalty for us and he was in a sense, the one that was wrong on our behalf right. when he was completely right and perfect. So, um, paid I our think, penalty and literally for relationship, yeah. he paid our penalty that we couldn't pay that we might have eternal life with the father. Yeah. Like relationship. Mm. I, um, yeah, I definitely consistently um and I think as well like I think it's also important that as we're talking about this like everything that Darren and I have been saying is also along the lines of communication. Like mm-hmm. so it's important to recognize that your ability to communicate effectively um in a Christ-like manner will definitely affect your ability to maintain relational intelligence while you smirking. <laughs> <laughs> He's smirking. Because this is a this is a good 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 topic. Mm-hmm. You go ahead. You sound like no no, no no no. I was, I was listening. You know what I'm saying. I was just like, <laughs> you finish your point and everything. Uh, yeah. Um. 
I feel like for me, um, I definitely really, and I'm still learning this, but I really understand. Um, and, and it's so interesting too, because sometimes we, when we hear the word communicate, we always think of us talking, but like communication is also in listening. Like yeah. when you listen, you're sending a signal or a message that says what you're saying is valuable enough to me in order for me to sit down, humble myself and to simply hear your perspective of what you're saying. And I think about the scripture that I think it's I think it's in Proverbs where it says, um, be quick to listen, but slow to speak. Yeah. Which is once again, like reverse as to what society, you know, what I'm saying calls us to do. And um I think like honestly like communication amongst healthy relationships are always better when you deal with that approach because I feel like especially how you said about getting your point across you could be so focused on getting your point that you forget that you're dealing with someone that you love right like I can't count on my hand how many times bro like I've been so focused on being right and being accurate and correct but like it was at the expense of me losing character with somebody who was valuable in my heart yeah. or who I knew had my best um, interest at heart. And even if they were wrong, like I just feel like it, there was a level of pride that can manifest when it comes like that um, or when it comes to that. And I think this kind of correlates to like what I was saying on my previous podcast about like, can your opinion be wrong? Like mm -hmm. you can have like your opinion possibly may be factually right, or it may simply just be an opinion that you have and not based off of empirical evidence. But like the question is, is can your opinion drive you to demonstrate nature that is unlike Christ? Mm -hmm. And so in that, like, you have to, I feel like it should be called into question. I feel like it should be like evaluated or like, can your opinion become your idol? Yeah. Like, are you willing to throw away a relationship or cause pain to someone simply because you don't want to quote unquote, let go what you believe. And and also, can you even see that pain is happening? Like, mm. I think that's, that comes in with relational intelligence. Like, do you have an eye to notice, like you were saying, communication is not just verbal, but like, do you notice the change in body language? Do you notice the change in posture? Like those type of things that would give uh, hints that this is maybe not going the way you think it is. And then also to your other point about um, kind of like when we um, want to get our point across so bad that we can hurt people in the process. Also, we have to, relational intelligence would suggest that we have to understand at what point did this at what point did it go from this is a conversation between two people to now this is me sp speaking at whatever is in front of me like mm -hmm. instead of now there's a connection where we want to both understand each other my frustration has taken me to the point of I'm thinking of the best defense I'm thinking of the best story I have I'm thinking of the best way to get my point across whether you understand hear and receive or not yeah I want to make sure it comes out of my mouth in the best way. And if you get to that point, you've already lost the conversation because it's no longer about, you know, understanding, mutual yeah. understanding. And if that's your goal in the beginning, 
you you see how you missed the mark. And I personally like to do that, like understand what is the goal and everything that you're going into, whether it's a conversation, a business partnership, whatever it is, because if we understand that, we can count what is necessary and what is not necessary. So if we're sitting down to discuss a um, instance of an argument that happened earlier today, we can say like, if our goal is to reach understanding of each other, that means it doesn't have to end in you see my perspective now and you're going to change because we said our goal was to understand each other. And that'd be nice if it happens, but we also understand if it doesn't, that's not, we did not meet our goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that can happen in a lot of different ways, but like even setting the pace when you get into a conversation, like, Hey, I wanted to talk to you about this thing for these reasons. This is how it affected me. And I wanted to do X, Y, and Z, like laying that goal out from the beginning. So yeah. as our emotions get involved and as we shift, we can still tie it back to, well, what did we say? What did we define as success? Yeah, that's good. I think, um, like, I, like something you said, and I've continuously said in my life as well, is, like, what is the fruit? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the result coming from this? Like, and then that's where you get to, the goal allows you to objectively compare the results of what happened to what was desired. So you can look at the goal and you can see what actually happened and you can compare and contrast. And so then from that, you could just reevaluate or, or conduct some introspection about how communication has taken place. Yes. Um, because for real, for real, like when you said the whole thing about you're so focused, like, can I'm sorry, can you notice when pain is happening? Mm-hmm. I'm like that. That's kind. that's a word, bro. Like mm-hmm. that is. You know what I'm saying? That'll preach on its own. Like, can you, are you compassionate enough? And I feel like that also aligns with, you know, the topic because the name of it is relational intelligence and compassion because I feel like you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Like, so you have to be compassionate enough to be able to recognize, you know what I'm saying? Um. Uh, can you, uh, I'm sorry, be compassionate enough to recognize when pain is being, um, given unto somebody else so like for you do you feel like concerning this topic do you handle non-believers and believers the same way or do you (laughs) (laughs) you can finish your question look at that communication one thing (laughs) one thing darren gonna do is answer that question um but yeah why do you feel like you don't um handle them the same way um i think in the wisdom of god it's you really have to assess the situation. Mm-hmm. I understand what us as brothers can handle as people who walk with Christ and who are accountable to God. Mm-hmm. I know, even just from our personalities and things like that, I know how we can handle confrontation, how we can handle um, wisdom or disagreement or anything like that and what level we're at. Whereas, because our lives are centered around the beliefs of the gospel, mm. that makes the difference. So when I'm if I'm talking to an unbeliever, I can't hold them to a standard that they have not given their life to. If Jesus is not their Lord, I cannot expect them to live to biblical principles. So now when I come at them um, or have a conversation with them about anything, a disagreement and stuff, like I can't have false expectations. And it's not to say that they're any less of a person or anything like that, but I'm saying like, my idea of love that had to be ingrained into my mind by the scripture versus feeling versus what the world tells you love is 
I have to understand I'm engaging with somebody who may not have that understanding. They might, but I can't expect them to. Yeah. So because of that, I I have to engage differently. Yeah. Would you um would you be able to point to a specific story or a specific time in your life where you felt like the Lord instilled compassion in you? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Take your time, Elder. <laughs> There's no time limit on Ooh. this one. God, let me think. Um, college. I, I feel like there's a story from college. We all got stories from college, man. I don't know. <laughs> you don't have to name names. I'm just saying, like, um, <laughs> or. okay okay let's think let's think a time where i was uh what was it where the lord kind of instilled compassion into me yeah or you utilize compassion in a situation yeah this should not be that hard for me to think of an example sometimes when i do this to people on the spot including myself it's not as easy as like it seems when people watch it on youtube yeah i don't know um compassion do you have one first um i'm thinking i think i do actually um i'm trying to (laughs) i'm not deleting any of this too i was about to ask you (laughs) no because this is like exactly this is exactly what it is this can't ask the audience at this point this is where you should be reflecting (laughs) on a time where you could have used compassion where you could have used compassion um yes yes i actually do have one um I was in, uh, okay, so something about me, okay, mm-hmm. and I've grown tremendously. But something that I really like, the vibe that I really had strongly, like, especially when I first got saved, was like, if it's not my problem, like, it's not my problem. Yeah. Like, and if I don't have to do, if I don't have to do, I'm not going to do more than what I don't have to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was just the vibes that I was on. I'm not saying it was God, like I'm not saying it was Christ-like or anything like that. I acknowledge that it wasn't, but um, yeah, I feel like so. I was in a, um, I was in a church service when I was in college, and they were talking about this girl, um, and I ended up, uh, she she ended up sharing her testimony. And I think something very radical happened in her life. Like, I think her house got burned down. Um, Her family got burnt down and stuff like, not her family, but like the house that her family lived in got burnt down. And she lost a lot of things and stuff like that. And, um, you know, ideally, like somebody, you would think not everybody has the ability to like, or not everybody has the ability to just like continue going, and especially mm-hmm. if you call a church service and like your attention is on there. But like, I don't know, like I think that time in my life, there were just a lot of things that happened in people's lives that really didn't catch me off guard, like because it didn't affect me directly. And I felt like like when you have an issue of a lack of compassion, it's really like a God issue. Like mm-hmm. like it's it's a it's a it's an issue that only God can like deal with for you because like people can pray for you and like folks can lay hands on you cast the devil out of you and all that stuff but like if like this is a situation where god himself has to literally instill like that heart in you even when you don't have it um and you just got to be open to it but anyway she explained her um story and i felt 
like strong compassion, bro. Mm -hmm. Like kind of the same way that the Bible says in the gospels, how compassion rose up inside of Jesus and it caused him to do certain exploits. It was the same for me. And I remember, um, it was a compassion where I didn't really care what was going on because another thing about me is I'm a timely person. So like, by the time I was getting ready to go up and speak to her, it was like the end of service. My mom was outside waiting. And so like, I remember, um, I went to speak to her and I just encouraged her about her story and told her that it blessed me. I ended up praying for her. And, um, but when I prayed for her, I took a while. Like Mm -hmm. I really just continued to pray. Um, as like the Lord led me, it wasn't like a, like a quick little prayer, sort of like a, oh, I'm going to talk to you and now get out of my face kind of vibe. It was like, I want to, I guess, push you in this moment in whatever way that I can. And I also gave her some money. And, um, like, I remember when I, uh, when I went outside, my mom, she wasn't mad, like, but it was just, you know, that look like, all right, like you had me out here, Mm -hmm. like, you know, waiting and stuff. And I'm, (laughs) she's like, yeah, you go on and do that. But when you in this vehicle, (laughs) you come into this house, huh? And it was a compassion, bro, where I didn't care about being late in front of my mom. Like, and I'm not saying that's good, but I think it was more so of like the heart posture and like, I'm willing to suffer the consequences of, I'm willing, I'm willing to suffer the consequences of being late in front of my mom to make sure that I could pour into you or help you and give you whatever it is you need or whatever it is I feel like God is leading me to give you. That is so good. The words suffer, bro. Like when you're compassionate towards somebody, it's like I'm willing to suffer for a cause that I did not initiate. That's good. I'm willing to pay a price that does not belong to me. Yeah. I'm willing to pick up your tab, literally like Christ does for us, but that that's literally what it means. Like, And what I, what I say is like, can you get in the pit with that person? Mm. Like, am I willing to get in the mud and tussle and, and fight with you out of what you're going through? Because I have such a heart that understands it's, it's empathy. It's like, it's almost like I can't walk in your shoes, but if I could, I would just so mm-hmm. you know, I'm there with you. So I think like you're saying in the story, the fact that you, you know, regardless of having to be somewhere at a certain time, regardless of other people, you know, you're holding up your mom's day, but like facts, you you stood there and let her know that you were present and showed her that with your actions. Yeah. And she was like greatly appreciative of that too. And I think like that is the, um, I think like the, honestly, that's the joy and that is the reward, like to see the effect that you had on another person due to the compassion that you exhibited. Yeah. Um, And I, I started to know like, through I started to notice like later on in my walk with Christ certain things that I wouldn't care about like it's not to say I was crying over them but there was a level of sensitivity that was unlocked in my heart now mm-hmm. like I wasn't able to just continue to go about my day without pondering and thinking about what I just encountered or saw whether if it was a social media post or something I saw you know um I remember there was this um one situation where I was in the store and um, this is about like last week, actually, I was in the store and um, it was a grocery store and I was listening to um, this parent talk to their kid. And you know how we feel about discipline. <laughs> Darren, look, Darren and I are going to whoop our kids. OK, we, 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 we look, we love just we don't believe in abuse. We don't. But we just believe 
thy rod mm-hmm. and thy staff. Oh, they comfort thee. Yandiosha. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was um and, and the thing is like even with that, like I still know when there's a line. I yeah. still understand that people have been abused by their parents. So like I'm not making light of that at all, but I just know in the Williams household. And, mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> but um, I was in the store and bro, like this woman, she was a brother. I guess she had two kids and she was yelling at her kids, like full blown, like telling them to shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, and this, it was like a boy. He probably was like six years old, like, seven years like he was young bro like he he could fit in the cart like yeah you know what i'm saying like and i think back in the day i would have looked at that first off i probably would have laughed in my mm-hmm. unsaved days i'm like oh he finna get got yeah. <laughs> and then i think like right in the beginning of my time of salvation like i would have looked at it and been like that's not my problem like that's yeah. not my child i'm not connected to the mother anyway but then, bro, when I was at the store, I was like, okay, like, Lord, I pray that that little boy will not grow up to be an abuser. Yeah. Or I pray that you would just strengthen him and even strengthen the mom and give the mom peace. Like, And I think it's the fact that my mind went to that place shows that compassion was having its work in me. Yeah. And also, like, I, there's times that I'm remembering um, where compassion was shown to me actually Mm. like after revealing your heart to somebody and sharing with them like hey this is something that I struggle with or this is something that plagues my mind or this is something that I really have to fight through daily um and seeing people not just hear that but then be moved to action and a lot of people say that compassion is when you're moved to action so like them treating you in a way where it's like i heard what you said and you can see it in my actions so i'll be uh more careful to love you in this way or to affirm you in this way and i think something that apostle has said is like when you get victory over a certain demon you also get the victory over its eyes so specifically if you conquer rejection you now can see where rejection is trying to put its mark on people that's good and even pastor amy from the refuge church shout out to you love you guys um, and Pastor Josh, but she had said something about um, suicide and cutting and she was preaching and she was like, I can see those signs on people because I used to deal with that. So when people are maybe they're wearing long sleeves and, you know, one person can just think that's just what it is. But you now see their nervousness, their anxiety, the way they talk about themselves. Yeah. All, so many different things that also go with the long sleeve. That's like this person might be dealing with that. Yeah. And I think. um for me, like as far as rejection, like that's something that I um, used to deal with really bad and I praise God for the victory over it. But I would say that has allowed me to have a level of uh, compassion with people where Christ can really be put on display. So in college, I remember there was uh, plenty of opportunities where I feel like I was uh, the middleman, like two different groups of people come together and I know who in the room is not going to get along with each other. I know who in the room are going to feel a certain type of way. And these are all friends that I'm, you know, cool with and they've confided with me about different things. So for an example, like if someone says something about anything that I already know in my head, the other person that's going to make them feel a certain type of way, Mm -hmm. me kind of showing my not defense, but me showing up for them in that conversation where they feel like their voice is being taken away. Mm. Um, 
I remember a specific example from freshman year. I was trying not to say this, but I remember, bro, like we were in the study room and us yes us i was two there and a group of people oh wow and um, <laughs> you had came into the conversation oh we were all talking about I remember that yes so we were all just talking about the future like you know what is going to be like when we're married how many kids y'all want how are you going to raise your kids <laughs> and so we're all just talking just discussing and jesse comes into the conversation and so the question gets to him, and he pulls out a Bible from his book bag to answer the question. My Jesse radi- was freshly saved. My radical self. Like, Je- I mean, straight out of, like, <laughs> the presence of God. And so Jesse pulls out a Bible on the table, and he begins to explain his point and why he would do what he would do in that way. And I remember in that room, I had a friend who, um, I don't know how they identify. I don't know if agnostic is the right word, but they are not tied to a particular faith. And so they were becoming kind of irritated, like, why do you have to have a Bible? Like, why does your answer have to be backed up with because God wants this or because this, this and that? And so in that in that situation, I kind of played the middleman because I understood where the the frustration was on each side, whether it was right or wrong. Did I I look frustrated? No, I don't think you knew that the other person was frustrated, though. Oh, wow. So in in my vantage point was. I'm not going to let someone t- try to uh, demean Jesse's point because it's backed up by scripture. So I said something along the lines of like, you know, well, the same way you can have every every decision we make is predicated upon something of our background, our experience, our frame of life, mm-hmm. whether that's framed by your faith for Jesse. There's a Bible on the table because it is now for the other person who didn't believe in God. They their perspective is framed because of how their mother raised them, whether it's right or wrong. It was mirror image of this is what my mom thought was good. So this is what I think is good. Yeah. And so you can challenge and confront either part of the story. But I think what I'm saying where compassion came in is instead of allowing that to escalate or like become an argument about why are you like this or why are you like this? Like being friends with both of you guys, I tried to help the other person see what I see that they can't see because they don't know you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Jesse's passionate and it's okay <clears throat> that his passion stems from Christ the same yeah. way you're passionate about your belief. And it stems from somewhere else that everybody doesn't know it's from your mom, but I do. Um, and that's, I guess that's not the greatest example of compassion, but that's the yeah. first thing that came to my head. You know, I just realized, bro, passionate is in compassionate. Yeah. I did not know that until you began yeah. to say it, but I love what you said because I feel like that story is very interesting. So like even like finding a solution or trying to de-escalate something when it didn't even have anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. Like you could have just watched Mm -hmm. and watched it unfold. But it's like you have to have a heart to, oh, God, you have to have a heart to be like, "Mm -hmm." I feel like there could be a possible way Mm -hmm. that I could intervene and the situation could go better than what it is than than where it is trying to go right now in this moment i mean literally that like for example if we're all in a group discussion and we're talking about um the effects of abuse and you know someone in the room isn't an abusive relationship yeah either currently or in the past and everybody doesn't know that but you know that 
compassion would say let's let me curb this conversation conversation, without physically saying guys i think we should pick a new topic so nobody's offended and then drawing the question of well who in the room is dealing with this yeah just you know being able to guide the conversation elsewhere so the sensitive parts of someone are not exposed they don't feel like they're bleeding out or being attacked or feeling like they have to share their testimony which may not be a testimony yet with everybody you Mm. know wow that is like yeah once again, like that comes with like that, that in itself is related to, I guess, dismantling the whole mindset of like, it's not my problem. Yeah. It's not, I don't have to worry about it. Or simply just watching something unfold or like even how you say like, it's sin if you have the power to do good and you don't. Mm-hmm. Like if you have the power to stop something or to intervene because of what you know or what you see and you choose not to, that's something that should be repented of and changed. Yeah. Man. It's crazy. And I'm I'm grateful for the times I've seen it. Even with um Apostle Jordan, like our spiritual father, I've seen times where like he has intervened in conversation amongst people groups because he knows the hearts of the people that trust him with their information Mm -hmm. and to see those the hearts almost clash, like you don't know I'm dealing with this in my heart, but he does. In the same way, someone else is dealing with something else, and these two things are about to go up in flames oh, if you say the right God. word. And he can like oh. de-escalate, move it a different way, you know, or yeah, just a lot of those things. I remember, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you chose not to say it. I did. <laughs> um, how do you feel conflict management relates to this topic? Um. Yeah, I think conflict is an opportunity to a lot of things. It's a door to growth. It's a door to understanding each other better. It's a door to solution. But in conflict management, I think one of the important things is like, again, addressing your goal. So, for example, I work, the company I worked at, (laughs) we have, or that I currently work at, um, I'm connected to this lady within a black um, black employee network, and she was hosting a team day for the team that she works with Mm -hmm. and she's not directly on the team i think she's a support role but basically she she it's she facilitates conversations and that's a whole like they have my job offers trainings for that and things so she facilitated conversation and asked certain questions like you know let's take a temperature of the room where's everybody at um with how work is going since covid like the office the remote and where are the areas that um you know there's voids or we're not doing too well. And you being a person, a representative, to initiate conversation about where there's conflict and difficulty, it takes a level of like, one, not involving your emotions, Mm. two, understanding that this shared conflict is not a battle of person versus person, but it's this group against a conflict. Mm. Like, we are not battling each other but all of us are coming together to attack an issue. And that type of mindset, perspective. literally, like, you have to understand. Same thing with marriage. Like, people say, like, yeah. it's not it's not the wife versus the husband. It's the husband and wife versus the issue. So, like, those type of things with uh, conflict resolution, like, you really have to position yourself in that in your mind and in your heart. So you're not responding out of a place of, oh, they're just trying to get on, they're trying to get over on me or they're trying to like make me out to be a fool or something like that. Like you really have to have that type of perspective. And so it's a courageous role. It's a courageous like um, 
role to play in conflict, but it's powerful. You have the power to literally change the narrative and to not allow the the adversary, whether it's literally the enemy trying to you know bring things against you or whether it's just the problem at hand, like yeah. a, not allowing that to take the power out of the union you have there. Yeah. I feel like when we were talking about compassion, I felt like something that I was just hearing in my spirit was like the opposite of compassion is criticism. Mm. Like how you were saying, um, <clears throat> getting in the mud with somebody, yeah. like when it's not even your fault or like getting into the ditch, right? So like I thought about that analogy that you and I spoke about that one time. Yeah. And um, like I noticed like, it can be very tempting to criticize like other people mm-hmm. when they go through certain issues, especially like if we as a person don't deem their issues as that big of a deal or if it's something that we're efficient in. So like yeah. if you see somebody that struggles with rejection, but you know that you are strong in that area, you could easily look at that person and be like, oh, you just rejected like you're just dealing with this you know, so on and so forth. But like in the midst of that being open to you and shown to you, like, as you said, compassion will cause you to act, not just notice, yeah, but to respond with whatever means you need to, in order to create a solution. Yeah. And really just like the consideration and care to like, you know, we, and we've talked about this recently where we can see someone that is, not doing too well in a, in an area of their character or something, but it's like, okay, does my mindset go to, I wonder why? Cause I think that's also the door mm-hmm. to compassion. Am I curious enough to know what may have caused you to be the way you are? Yeah. If you struggle with a certain thing, like, you know, is it, is it tied to family trauma? Is it tied to abuse? Is it tied to never being loved properly? People don't just wake up and, you know, facts, act a certain facts. way. So when they're deficient in a certain area, compassion would, try to explore why is that a thing with mm-hmm. the intent to help not yeah. the intent to to like you said criticize or um make light of it and also when you, when we learn that type of stuff when we when we operate in compassion we can really see how strong people are like we really don't know what it's like to walk in other people's shoes we see everybody show up to the same event on the same day and in our mind we can be like you know i took my path to get here you took your path to get here and that's it but it's really not the same thing. Mm. It's really like we're not walking the same path. Like you don't know what people are going through to even show up to the event you're showing up. Yeah. Um, for like something small, like if, if people are giving speeches in a classroom, you know, one person can have a gift with public speaking where it's like I can finesse on the spot, whether I have a paper written or not, I'm going to do well. Where another person that whole week of the assignment, they could have been struggling with anxiety because they feel like their voice is not important so for them to even come to the classroom and read off a paper it's like you don't know i battled all week just to do this and so when you when you know those things when you're curious about those things it gives you a perspective to know how to love them uniquely and how christ would like what type of thing and i say this i think i've said this before um some point in my walk with god uh he was dealing with me about like um him being my father and all of that great stuff. And one of the things God said to me was, can I be your defender? And that stuck with me because first of all, he's God. He doesn't have to ask me anything. And so for him to ask me, 
can I take on that role? What a role? revelation. You know, it's just like for him to take on that role or to, to, to approach me in that way showed that he was gentle, showed that he was not trying to force himself on me. Wow. He was not trying to harm me and I just have to submit to it. Yeah. And he did that because he understood what I had gone through up to that point. And he had the he had the authority to say whether if you choose to make me be your defender or not, I'm still going to be because I'm God. Exactly. And he would still be right. Exactly. To do that. But compassion allows us as people yeah. to know what way is most efficient. Yeah. And also I was saying like before, you know, self-preservation, self-protection, um, that whole independent mindset of I got it on my own. I don't need nobody's help. That's pride. And so I was dealing with pride. But the Lord saw beyond the pride. The root was you weren't loved properly. Mm. The root was you want to defend yourself because every time somebody else did it, they failed. And you were left open and open to attack, open to harm. So the Lord, knowing that, came with, can I be your defender? Not, you need to get the spirit of pride cast out of you. You know what I'm saying? Like The foundation. Exactly. Come on now. Uh You was just preaching the foundation. Come on. So like it literally speaks to... That that love can be, love is like the lava that can fill the cracks. That's good. However, the crack is shaped. That's good. However, the crack has has broken you. However, it has deformed you. Love fills the cracks. It's not like one size fits all. Yeah. It 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 makes itself available in the way that it's needed. Yeah, I think going to the root is definitely um, important in regards to the foundation that we were just talking about. I preached a message yesterday about like the fivefold offices and I was talking about the gift of the apostles in the church and I was basically saying how the apostolic anointing it confronts the foundations of your bondage and so I was looking at the story with Paul and Silas um worshiping in the prison cell at midnight and the bible says that when they began to worship and sing hymns that there was a violent earth earthquake excuse me there was a violent earthquake there was a violent earthquake that shook the prison and the foundations of the prison were shaken. And I thought that was so powerful because I felt God was showing me like what he desires for us is not the prison bars or the prison cell to be shaken, but the foundation of the prison to be shaken. If they cut down the bars or the prison cell, the prison could be built back up again right? because the foundation wasn't destroyed. But if the foundation of the prison was destroyed, which it was, that prison can no longer be rebuilt to hold them into captivity. And so, like, I feel like when it comes to the issue and even, you know, demonstrating compassion or even if God shows you what somebody is specifically dealing with, getting to the root is what is going to help. Like I was um, thinking about compassion. I was looking at a tree and I said I said this before, but like when you're dealing with somebody that has a mindset that is deficient or that is like not like Christ, the best thing to do is to not address the mindset in itself. It's to address it's to address the root of the mindset. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, if I as a man do not trust marriage because I've been cheated on five times by women What's not going to help me is somebody calling me a whoremonger who has trust issues and doesn't want to commit. You know what I'm saying? If I'm sleeping around with a bunch of women, that's not good. But the idea and what would make me change is confronting the fact that I have been hurt and there's a lack of trust in my heart towards commitment. Therefore, I'm scared Mm -hmm. to do it. Right. And then what does it mean? Like 
perfect love cast out all fear. So like whenever you look at a tree, you can't. I hope this train is not too loud for y'all. Oh, my goodness. But um, like when you look at a tree, if you cut down the tree, it'll grow back. You know what I'm saying? The only way to stop a tree from growing is to go for the roots, is yeah. to destroy the roots and to make sure that the roots don't have any nutrients to keep the tree alive. It's the same thing with our bondage and our ways of thinking and the strongholds in our minds and in our hearts that might not be correlated with the scriptures. Yeah. That's good. And I think it gives it gives us compassion opens our heart to love like Christ all the more. Yeah. Because if I know that you're not just um, cause you know, it's easy to be like, oh, this person is annoying because they are, they're always trying to be seen. But instead, if I can take the approach of they're always trying to be seen because they feel like if they're not talking, people will forget about them. Mm. If they're not loud, people will, you know, ignore their existence. If I know that's what's really going on, yeah. I can love you in that way. Or I can were, have more patience for you. Or they were just never seen at all. Right. And so now the fact that they have attention it makes them feel like they're worth something because when they were younger, their parents never saw them. Right. They felt overlooked. So people are going around saying, oh, this is just an intention seeker. And you've labeled them as that in their character. Whereas this is, you Ooh, can really find God. commonality. This person is oh just like you. Goodness. They were hurt and need love in a different way than you do. Ain't that crazy how like if we view and label certain issues in the flesh, we could be so off yeah. and counterproductive to what God wants to do in somebody's life. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I remember somebody was here at my apartment and they opened up about like how like basically somebody um spoke to them and basically said like that they had like a demonic spirit when they were when the other person who said that to them um was saved and I guess that they weren't at the time or they weren't fully, you know, walking with the Lord. And so um they were just talking about how that really hurt because there wasn't like any explanation or understanding or consideration on how to truly go about that. And so it left a scar and it left a form of hurt. And I just realized, like, I think as Christians, we really just have to be careful with stuff like that. Like we really have to hand, I think, like I said, the gospel is very confrontational and it's offensive, but I think, you have to you have to check your heart. Mm -hmm. Are you are like because mm -hmm. what you have to recognize, right? Jesus was offensive, right? But Jesus was offensive because of the message Come that he on. preached. He didn't add to the offense that was already there in the gospel. Come on. One of the most irritating things is when a man or a woman of God stands up and they try to add to the scripture and do more than what they're supposed to do. But what Jesus did is he allowed the word to cut when it needed to cut. He allowed the message to cut when it needed to cut. And he did not add more cutting than there needed to be. And so, like, I think even, you know, when you go into ministry, if you got if you have a ministerial call, you have to be careful of stuff like that. Like I've I've said this to myself plenty of times, like as somebody who dealt with like being picked on and stuff in school as a minister, I have to be careful to not take out my frustration of my past when I'm preaching the gospel and yeah. sharing the message because if i'm not that kid who was bullied and made fun of when i was 12 years old is going to start coming out on that mic Showing and now up. because i'm able to bite back and my voice is echoed this is the revenge that i never got to have mm -hmm.
And this this was our point from our conversation this morning. You have to endure sound doctrine and preaching that can confront what is going on because how can you even explore that idea if you're not even deep enough with yourself and with God yeah. to be honest about I was hurt about this. Yeah. And it may, not just I was hurt, because I was hurt, my temptation is to lash out in these ways. My God. You have to sit with that. Like yeah. this is really how I feel. Yeah. And this is what it this is what I want to do because of it. If you yeah. can make those links, that's powerful. Because now you can allow God in and yeah. you can know when you're triggered and when you are triggered, Facts. this is the way that you want to act, which is outside of your character. Yeah. Because a lot of times we blow up on people and we don't even know why. It's like I don't even know how I got here. Yeah. We were having a conversation and now we're yelling at each other red in the face. I don't know why that happened. Because we can't link things. We, you, you don't know where you were triggered. You don't know where the trigger came from. You don't know how the trigger makes you act. You don't know what environment tempts you. You, you need to know these things. Yeah, to, you have and, to know. And all of that comes from confrontation. Can you confront the matters of your heart? Can you allow God to confront the matters of your heart? You know, yeah. like that awareness is powerful. It's mm-hmm. necessary. Yeah. I'm not, we're not going to name any names or specific situations, but Darren and I were just talking like today about, you know, certain things that we've just noticed um, and like how. When people cannot last through this, like it's it, it it really makes their life take a turn for the worst. Like when you when you are able to deal with the confrontation and the discomfort of yes. who you are and yes. having that challenge, it will literally save you from so much. Like, um it, it, it will literally save you from so much. And it's not to say that you know, of course, we're all imperfect. Mm. We all have flaws. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's what do you do with the flaws? Like, are you willing to recognize, okay, hey, this is a deficiency in my soul and it, I, I, I need to deal with it. I can't push it under the rug, right? And so if I if I do push it under the rug, the problem is it's, it's going to continue to manifest. Like, you running away from it. It's an illusion because you're not running come away. On. You preaching, man. Of it's God. it's gonna it's going to come back. And, and and the thing is, is like I try to tell folks all the time, like, and that's why I said what I said on my Instagram, bro. Like, I just feel like we're getting ready to go into a preach now. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is why I said what I said about marriage, like on my Instagram, like, and we Darren and I were just talking about this, like, if you are in a rush to get a spouse, like. That's not good because at the end of the day, if Jesus is not enough for you, regardless of how much sex you have with your spouse, regardless of how much you lay in the bed and cuddle and watch TV and go out to eat with your spouse, you're going to still feel empty and void because there's a shape in your soul that only the cross could fill. So like you, you, you marrying and receiving the quote unquote attention that you desire from a human being is not going to rid you of that deficiency in your soul. Right. And then this is just an issue that I just know is like very present in the body of Christ. So even for me, like as a man who I does like, I desire marriage. Like, so this is something just like Darren said, like you have to know what triggers you. You have to know your biases. Like, so because I grew up in a family, my parents have been married for over 30 years. Right. So I'm blessed to see that dynamic. And so I just loved watching my father love my mom. And so like what that did was, is like when I would have, you know, imaginations of me having a wife, like it provoked me to do certain things that I didn't need to do at the time. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting myself in certain situations that I didn't need to because of a want and a desire that wasn't bad, 
But that want and desire was untamed and unchecked and was not held accountable. And so then it led me into a unnecessary maze that I had to get out of. Yeah. So like you willing to confront yourself and to say, hey, this is what I feel. This is where I'm at. This is what I think. This is what's going on with me. It will literally save you from taking extra time in your life to correct and confront things that could have already been dealt with, bro. Sila. <laughs> Let us meditate on what was just said. My God. I think the thing that's that stands out the most out of what you just said is can you deal with the discomfort of who you are? Oh my gosh. Yeah. The walk as a Christian is literally dying to what you once knew to become alive into who you're supposed to be. Mm, and you really always were. That's so good. There is always a level of death and life happening simultaneously. That is so good, bro. So you literally have to like, there is uncomfortable parts of who you are. People, your People's trauma can frame your entire life. Yes. Your mindset, your yes. outlook, the relationships you choose, all of those things. So when you are dealing, when you are choosing to be um, responsible to deal with the things that have happened in your life, I'm thinking even to therapy, when you are mm. having courageous conversations about yourself that might lead to heartbreak, yeah. that might lead to... Uh, God, I don't like myself. That might lead to, God, I hate that I struggle with this. What do I do? Yeah. You even getting to that point is powerful. Yeah. Like, you have to be able to deal with that because like you were saying, back to marriage, you don't want the first time you've had a self-confronting conversation to be with your spouse. Yeah. Oh, you're going to fall apart and not know what to do. Facts. And and hopefully, you know, y'all can figure it out together, but like, there should have been a level of self That's unnecessary. It doesn't exactly. have to be, it doesn't have to be that That's way. That's baggage that didn't need to come into your yeah. relationship. So, I think about times where I've been in therapy and I remember cringing as my therapist is touching on things. And I'm like, I would prefer if you would stop talking about that. Like, please, let's back up and turn the page. But because I said the the version of myself that I'm supposed to be is come more on, valuable, bro. come on, I will sit through the discomfort. And let's say this, too. God does not immediately change everything you become aware of. Yes. Some things will be a thorn. Yes. Some things will be. I need you to I need to teach you several lessons through this process. Yes. I need to teach you that when you're frustrated, you cannot lash out on people. I need to teach you that your frustration really is the fact that you can't hold a mirror to your face and figure out why you were wrong. Yeah. And that could be a year long process. That could be several occurrences over three months. You don't know what it is, but can I sit through the discomfort sit? of you, who I presently am? That's can, so powerful. Can like, you last? Can literally, you can you remain? Yeah. And it's like and again, back to the point we said before, God is patient with us. So he's not giving up. It's just a matter of, can I trust him enough to keep going? And I've had conversations with even uh, Prophet DeAndre. You guys have probably, this audience probably knows of him. Jesse has probably referenced him. I think he's been on the show before. Yeah, twice. Um, I've had conversations with him where I'm literally like cringing because yeah. we're talking about things that are like, bro, this is your reality. Yeah. This is how you think. This is how you look at life. This is how you look at yourself. And it's not, confrontation does not have to be aggressive. And I'm talking aggressive right now just because I'm passionate about yeah. it. But like, sometimes confrontation is literally like, have you thought about this? Yeah. And all of a sudden, your world starts to crumble. Ooh, Everything that you've built up, that I'm this faulty way because, foundation, literally, you gone. Think, I'm this way because this is how I exude strength. This is how I exude confidence. No. 
you're this way because you don't want anybody to touch on this thing. Let's yeah. explore it. My like, God. And it's discomforting. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable. It, uh, it can have a lot of repercussions or um, things for you to deal with. Or maybe you feel like it might send you down a spiral, but it really is you letting go of what doesn't need to be there to yeah. embrace what God is saying currently. Yeah, embrace. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good word to embrace what God is saying. I think like even in like the subtle confrontation, like I really just forewarn you guys, like please don't avoid it. Like be willing, just like Darren said, to embrace because like I'm telling you, even because I feel like as well. Confrontation doesn't always have to be like, um, I don't want to say violent, but aggressive. Confrontation doesn't always have to be aggressive. Like people don't always have to turn up in order to confront right. you, right? But I feel like sometimes we measure that and wow. <laughs> there is an I'm sorry, we're looking at this is crazy. We are looking at my TV right now, and there is basically a 4K edit of like this visual screensaver. Screen and this astronaut, he is running to a cross, bro. And it was just literally it was an astronaut walking on space towards the moon. And as we're talking, it switches to him running towards a illuminated cross. Wow. Wow. This is powerful. That's kind of dope. <laughs> That's bro. crazy. That is kind of crazy. I'll take that as confirmation that the Lord is in this conversation. But, um, oh, gosh, where was I at? I forgot. <laughs> you were saying that confrontation is not always. Yes. Aggressive. Confrontation does not always have to be aggressive, but like. It's, it's, I think sometimes as human beings, we can presume or act as if because the confrontation is soft and gentle, that it's not as important mm -hmm. or as imperative to be um, evaluated or investigated. That's good words, sir. And that's not the case because that person might be gentle with you because they know you won't handle it any other way. Mm -hmm. But if you push it and be like, eh, the person was more soft-winded with this. I'm just going to eh, see and look and stuff like that. Project my growth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think it kind of, once again, goes to how sometimes we as the church, I was talking about the pastors yesterday. And, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 23, verse 4, um, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, I will fear no evil for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And so like I was talking about how Jesus is the good shepherd and every shepherd has a rod and a staff. And so something that the staff was used for was to protect sheep from animals that would try to kill them. So like when David killed lions and bears, he more than likely used a staff as his weapon, but the rod was extended to the sheep when they would try to wander outside of the pasture. And so I feel like in the body of Christ, especially with these kind of topics, we accept the staff, but we reject the rod. But the problem is, is the rod is a directional disciplinary tool that is used for sheep when they wander. Yeah. So like it, it, I just think it's so interesting how even the Bible calls us sheep. And I think God was intentional about using that because sheep are dumb animals like they are simple creatures. They do not have brains or strategy at all on how to maneuver as an animal. So like when the Bible calls us sheep or when God calls us sheep through his word, like he's basically saying, you don't know what you think you do. That's why you have to repent. That's why you have to change your mind because and you have to renew it daily because 
what you've thought to know, what you think it is you are solidified in, you're not. Yeah. So. You have to submit, <clears throat> be willing to be led. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. Yes, sir. I feel like um, in the context of, I mean, we touched on a couple different things, relational intelligence, compassion, self, you know, confronting yourself, allowing yourself to be confronted. I think those are all things that really like make for a better life too. Um, mm. Like, yes, of course, with your relationships, but that, that, those are transferable skills. Like yes, whether sir. it be on your job, whether it be in a business, Come on. whether you're dealing with superiors like managers or God has put you in a position where you have people that look up to you. Like all of those things are necessary um, to just be aware of and walk in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're at an hour, bro. Any, wow. Yeah, I know, right? It got good. Like it got really, really good. Like in that mill, that mill section. You just gotta, you just gotta, <laughs> you gotta get to, you gotta get to the middle. Yeah. You gotta get to that. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say one thing. I wanted to say earlier. Um, you had said something that sparked it in my mind. Being able to, and we kind of said this with confrontation, mm. but like allowing God to weigh your heart, man. Yeah. I think that that's, that's something that keeps you pure. Yeah. Like I just preached on Sunday and when I, preached! Was preparing, <laughs> when I was preparing, I, for whatever reason, could not put on the notepad what was in my spirit. Like I would, I would like say a point out loud, like practicing it. I'm like, okay, this makes sense. I would flow with God as I'm just practicing it. Like, oh wow, there's more to what I can say. I would come to write it down. I'm like, how do you structure that? What, uh, you know, I would just draw a blank and I understand the Lord just wanted me to rely on him and everything. But in that time, I told Jesse, like in preparation, I had to ask myself, do you care more about lives being transformed or about you sounding stupid? Mm. And you, somebody may think that's a minuscule or minimal thing, but like those type of things really can keep you pure because it's yes. like, God, yes. I'm allowing yes, you to, to come in and correct me if I need it. I'm yes, open bro. to you showing me where I'm leaning too much on my opinion, where I'm leaning too much on what feels comfortable yes, and bro. missing you. Bro, because yes. if I was like, oh, no, I need to make sure I'm an articulate speaker and da 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 da. Okay, so your heart values your ego, your reputation more than transformation in God's sheep that you're supposed to be covering. Yeah. Like we have to uh, open ourselves to God firstly. Like you can weigh my heart. You can yeah. decide or at least show me. Like I open the door. I ask you, where is my heart at in this? Do I need to change? Where should I change my perspective and, and where I'm putting the value on in this situation? Bro, 100%, bro. I was literally saying this to one of my friends like last week, bro. It's never the big things, bro. Like yeah. pastors that like manipulate their flock or people who are, you know, uh, convicted of crazy felonies. It didn't start there, bro. It was the little things that were not small checked, foxes. bro. Yes, the small foxes that ruined the vine, bro. So I always tell people like, if you look at something that and you you consider it to be minuscule please do not overlook this fam yeah. this is the kind of stuff that will keep you 
from dealing with the I guess we could say the greater mischiefs in this life yeah. like if you like I'm telling you like people who operate in rebellion like you know what I'm saying I'm not gonna name any leaders but like specific leaders that just simply do whatever they want and have no accountability in their life and just move and flow however they want like prophets manipulating people for money sleeping around all the body of Christ this is not when it started bro Come it on. started when they rebelled against their leaders or their leaders were not you know what I'm saying firm in how they decided to act from a younger age in the spirit and so now that they're older and they've gained power and influence and weight and authority in some sense they don't know how to respect authority because they never did they don't know how to remain submissive or to deny what they want because they never had to it was something that wasn't confronted at an early stages. And so that plant and that seed began to bud and formed a tree yeah. that is now being made manifest before us. Like, yeah, because like the devil's never going to stand in front of you with a, never, a sign bro. that says, come this way to hell. Never. Like, it's never that. It's the little things of where we compromise. And for me specifically, I remember when I was in high school, I believe, and I was growing in my relationship with God. When I say I wanted more of God. He would get me in the little things and not get me, but like he would lead me in the little things. And whether or not I was obedient would be if he trusts me with the bigger things. Mm -hmm. That's a biblical principle. But yeah. specifically, I mean, I'm praying like, God, I want to know you more and I want your scriptures to come alive to me. Stuff like that. And the Lord would say, wash the dishes. My God. And if I, I would feel it in my spirit, it wasn't audible voice, but I felt in my spirit, the Lord is leading me go wash the dishes. Yeah. And it's like, if I was to ignore that, he's not going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, this is what I'm talking to you about. Are, are you going to engage in this conversation? Cause you don't get to choose how what, you he know talks what I'm to you. Yeah. So I would wash the dishes Come and on. I would feel his pleasure. Jesus. Then I would, I would continue praying and everything. I want you to take out the trash. Okay. And, it, and maybe it wasn't even my trash day or something like that. And then it would get to the bigger things of randomly, hey, while I'm at school, your friend so-and-so is dealing with something with their mom. I want you to go ask them about it. Turn to them. Hey, how's you and your mom's relationship? Um, actually really bad ends up they're crying I'm praying for them God opened the door for ministry. But was I able to submit to the small voice and yes, the smaller task? Yes. Like, that's the whole thing of allowing God to to weigh your heart and where, where is the value at? Because if my value is, God, I want to know you and God, I want to be close to you. The Bible says when you're obedient, you're his friend. So Come if on. I am obedient to wash the dishes, yes, I know that means friendship the same way if I'm obedient to give the word of knowledge, that means friendship. Come on. But do you want the word of knowledge or do you want to be friends with God? Yes. You have to ask yourself that. Yeah. If, do I just want the giftings and the and all of the graces or do I really want friendship? I want because him. friendship is given by obedience, yeah. whether it's to the dishes or to ministry in a yep. pulpit. That is so man good. This is why I'm saying what I said, bro, like yesterday. So when I was preaching, like I said something like we have to remember, like ministry translates to service in the Bible. So yeah. like if you don't have a heart of a servant, like and before you're a, before you can become a servant of mankind, you have to be a servant of the most high first. Like yeah. you can't sit here and say Come that on. you can willingly serve God's people like and you can't serve him like what is your what is the dynamic of your relationship with him first? You know what I'm saying? So like. 
it, it's the little things, bro. It, it's the small things. The scripture specifically, like, if you're faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many. Like, so, like, how can God trust you, you know what I'm saying, to for, for bigger platforms and bigger opportunities when you just can't even handle the little things, you know what small I'm saying? Things. So, like... It, it it really just speaks to it speaks to your heart, man. What are you in this for? Like, do you desire to get close to him? Do you desire to know him, or are you just looking at it like, yo, what is what's in it for me? Like, yeah. you have to just ask the Lord to really confront your perspective, and if it's if it's not aligned with His, like, you have to be humble to make the adjustments so that way it can be because this is really like I'm telling you, stuff like this, unanswered things like this, is what cause people of wickedness to arise in the church fam yeah like we like i'm i'm really trying to tell people it never starts big fam it never starts big there was an area in their life that was unchecked mm-hmm. and was not dealt with at a small stage and it was a seed and so because it was a seed we overlooked the small seed and acted as if it wasn't there because it was small and then when it grows and transforms into a big old oak tree of perversion yeah. and wickedness. Yeah. Now we want to sit here and act like, uh, no, fam, this was this was there. All the signs were there. All the signs were there. <laughs> and the and the, the message is not that there's no grace. The yeah. message is that we can be preventative with the Holy Spirit. There we go. It Come doesn't on, have bro. to go that deep yes. if we just turn to him. Yes. And he ha- and he speaks. Yeah. That's why the Bible says the day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Like he always continuously speaks. The Bible says he convicts the world of sin. The Holy Spirit, he's so he's so kind. He's so loving. He's so merciful. He will continuously speak to you continuously day in and day out. And he'll give you that small nudge. Right. Yeah. He'll give you that small nudge, the still small voice consistently. But you just have to open your heart to hear what he's yeah. saying, fam. And it's like you, Ooh, you know, God. that's good. Really, really evaluating your heart. Like we say we want more of God. Come on. He gives us the opportunity to obey him. Are you blowing that off? Yeah. Like we really have to be honest. And I, I, I think I told you this before. Maybe I told somebody else. I prayed about a certain kind and level of intimacy with God where um, I'm not going to get into the details because that's my business with God. Come on. But I prayed about certain things that I want to Just put your phone on life. Do Not Disturb. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, just, I thought you, because you held your phone the same time I did. So I was like, yeah. oh, snap. <laughs> I um, I prayed about certain things that I wanted to encounter in God and with him in my life. And I had to, uh, un- I understood the approach of, God, I know that you're not just going to drop this because I asked for it. Mm. Come on, I know Darren. that there's time that goes Bro. into this. There's obedience that goes into Jesus. this. And I'm not going to fool myself to think that because I asked, I get it. Come on. In the same way, it, it compares to friendship. If someone off the street, and it, you don't even have to be in the, off the street. If somebody in the same vicinity as me that I do not have any relationship with asks me the right personal question, you're not getting an answer. Yeah. Because you don't deserve that level of access to who I am. Yeah. And that's not that's not big headed. That's like, bro, we don't have any relationship. Yeah. What business do you have asking me what kind of trauma I've endured? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So even as you relate to God, you're asking for this this level of intimacy that you have to first create an environment for him to even come into with prayer, with time, with devotion. So I had to understand, like, God, I'm letting you know and I'm asking, like, this is something I want and I desire. But I'm also saying, 
help my actions and my commitment match the desire of my heart. Yes. Help me to be in your presence the way I should to even ask for something like this. Like mm. we have to understand that dynamic the same way with friendship. If you're meeting somebody for the first time, you're not about to, you know, be like, oh yeah, next time let's hang out at your house. Huh? No, bro. <laughs> you don't invite yourself to you nobody's house. You don't you know? get access to that. So like, it, it's the same thing. And I think that helps us like, you know, save ourselves from disappointment too. Because you can be disappointed with God. Not to say he's disappointing. Come on. But we have expectations that are yes, not met. Yes, bro. And sometimes we don't know why. And like the question is, is like if he's perfect, then where's the disappointment coming from? Yeah. Are you disappointed? And that's why I said what I said. Like, so I made a video. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We're just getting, I'm just getting stirred, but it's okay. It's this Look, this this Christ convo. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You the CEO. I'm the CEO. Yeah. yeah. You the founder. Uh-huh. uh-huh. We gonna yeah. go as long as we need to. <laughs> but, um, so I was talking about a video that I saw on YouTube and basically this girl was talking about you need to forgive God for your prayers not being Mm -hmm. answered and when I say like I got so frustrated like I know that there were veins popping out of my (laughs) neck because that is probably one of the most foolish things that I have ever heard talking about forgive God God is holy therefore he disqualifies from any need of forgiveness he cannot sin he cannot sin he forgiveness is foreign to him he doesn't know what it feels like he created it for us Forgiveness and God, it's like oil and water. They don't mix. They don't oh touch. God. Then God is as far from forgiveness as the East is from the West. They will never coincide. So the fact that like one could sit here and say you have to forgive God because you're bitter at him because he didn't answer your prayers, I submit you probably are bitter, but you're bitter because of your lack of understanding mm-hmm. or your lack of revelation of who mm-hmm. he is and not because he made a mistake. So if God did not answer your prayers, the Bible says he will not withhold any good thing from you. So that means if God is not giving you this thing at this very moment, it's probably not a good thing for you to have right now. So that's okay. But the question is, can you trust him to submit to that? And can you trust him even if he doesn't give you an answer on whether if it's going to come, when it's going to come or how it's going to come? Can you just trust that he's God? And you're Ooh. still in the vein, bro. This is still relational intelligence. This My is God. literally relational intelligence with Christ. And your relationship with Christ will dictate how all your other relationships go. Come on, but bro. But literally, like, I like what you said because identification is such a big piece. Yes. How are we labeling what's happening? Whether it's an argument, whether it's a frustration, whether even how we place blame. Mm. Is God to blame? Because he didn't come through the way you wanted you him to. You wanted him to. Because let me tell you, I've had times where I have been hot with the Alpha and the Omega. Come on. I mean, boiling hot. Yeah. Like, Same. why are you allowing this? You're, first of all, you're allowing this. You are God Almighty. Facts. Like, And you could I, stop it if you wanted to. And you're not. You're yep. choosing you're not choosing to stop. choosing to let this. it happen. This is exactly what's happening. And I... And it, it, I had to go through that and, you know, God was gracious and merciful with me um, to even deal with the little attitude I had at the time. Ooh, and God, a lot, when I came back to him to say, okay, God, like I was wrong. It was prideful for me to even, you know, Pride, be in bro. this way and all of that. And I came to repent and consecrate and all the stuff. And he met me with like, it just felt like a father that was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, keep going. All right. 
let's let's figure out how we're going to move forward. Now. Yeah. Like he could have rebuked me. He could have been harsh. He could have did all that stuff, but he didn't. And even if he did, that doesn't change that he's loving. But I say that to say, like, we really have to be careful about how we label and identify the experiences of our life, the methods of our communication, how we uh, identify the success in our relationships. Like, what is the goal and to what standard are we living to? Facts. If we say we're Christians, like, it's nice because we have an outline of what we can say success is and isn't. Facts. There's we have something to measure example. to that's yeah. not just our subjective opinions Facts. that are go back and forth with each other. Literally. So, like, even as it pertains to relationships and um, communication, like, identifying, like, okay, I've heard I've heard people say it like this. When you want to do conflict resolution, you don't have to say, you did this and you made me feel bad. Yeah. You made me feel bad because this, this, and this. And instead, taking ownership of your emotions. I think Kennedy, our friend um, Kennedy, has even yeah, she said that. that. Like, she has said that. Taking yeah. accountability of your emotions. So instead, phrasing it as "When this happened, I, I felt, felt this upset. way." Yeah, I felt disrespected when this was said. And it's not to omit the other person from their wrong, but it's let me take accountability. Let For me phrase how this I in feel. a way of what I know to be true instead of what I assume, what I felt, what I perceived, what I interpreted, because there's room for error in all of that. That is so good, bro. So in the same way with God too, like God, I felt discouraged because this did not happen the way I thought it would have happened. Please help me to see from your view again, Mm. instead of God, how did, why would you, you know what I'm saying? Like, That that let's have the right language. And if you don't, it's OK. He can help you with it because it really depends on your heart posture. Yeah. Like your words, it, your heart matters more than the words coming out of your mouth. Yeah. But it's it's something we can all grow in. Yeah. I definitely love how you said, like, even like how we measure our relationships, because like you have folks like I know couples that will say like, oh, our relationship romantically is successful because we've been together for mad long. And right. it's like. But y'all have a toxic dynamic. And y'all dysfunctional. And y'all don't understand each other. (laughs) Like, so, like, in my head, it's like, oh, yeah, like, longevity, like, because of that. And, like, this whole loyalty thing. Like, we were talking about that earlier today. Like, the people, what people choose and what people choose and choose not to do in the name of, quote, unquote, loyalty. Like, you have to recognize, like, just because you're rela- just because you have relationships that are existing in your life, you have to question: Are they quality dynamics that are pushing you to who you are called to be in Christ? Yeah, it's just something to evaluate and to really just take into consideration. My <laughs> God, oh That's good. God, have mercy! That's good. This is good stuff. It sure is. And even how you said, like, if you don't do this. In the beginning, like if you don't investigate relational intelligence, it shows up in your life amongst yeah. the people that are around you. But it's the same thing when you investigate and when you choose to do the hard work in order to grow in that. Like the people around you will become benef- beneficiary. Is that a benef- yes, beneficiaries? Yeah. Beneficiaries out of that or from that. So it's like both. Either way, you're gonna be seen. Yeah. Either way, you're gonna. Either way, what is happening? in your life is going to be exuded in or out. Like, I'm sorry, going to be exuded out. But the best part is like, you have the option to determine like what is exuded from you, fam. And if you do the hard work and you're willing to, as we said earlier, sit through that discomfort, yo, (laughs) I mean, sit in it. Like, and it's a tool, man. Yeah. You got to endure things. Yeah. You literally have to endure things in life, whether you're saved or not. 
you have to endure. Like, that's just how life is set up. There's going to be things that you cannot change immediately. Come on, And if you don't bro. know how to deal with that, if you don't know how to deal with that discomfort, like, that's not going to make for the best results. You know, yeah. like, you really want to get that skill in. Yeah. And what better way where it's not enduring bondage or enduring dysfunctional relationships, but enduring something that's going to set you up for a better life, yeah. for, a, you know, a better outcome. Yeah. I was talking to Darren one time, and he said something that really blessed me. He was like, he was getting a call from somebody and they wanted to really talk to him about an issue like that was going on. And like it wasn't out of an insensitive place, but I think it was very sober. He was like, no, I'm not answering. Like you just need to tussle this out with God. Like you need yeah. to walk this out with God by yourself. You need to go into prayer. You need to talk to the Lord and investigate for yourself. And I know God has leaned, God has given us to lean on community in some instances, but I think sometimes we use that as a crutch yeah. to not develop our own pursuit of what's going on in our soul. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so like, I think it's necessary to be able to tussle with God on your own mm. when nobody's there in those silent moments where you are discouraged. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like you, like you need to be in that place spiritually. And if you can't, like if you're not there now, you can ask God to develop you in that place and any Christian can get there. But to be in that place where you can say, okay, Lord, I'm going to tussle this out with you. I'm going to wrestle this out with you. Yeah. Because I know that you're right and I know that what you have to say is perfect and just and I know my opinion is flawed, but I'm going through the I'm going over the hill yes. of my opinion and of my frustration and what I don't like and what made me upset with you about. But right. I'm still choosing to go over that hill to get to the other side of understanding. And understanding doesn't necessarily mean that. I get the answer that I want. Yeah. Understanding simply just means that I know that you're God. Yeah. And that you have the answer even when I don't and even when you choose not to reveal it to me. And it's good. Mm. And it's good. I mean, like, everything you said plus and is good. Like, the fact that he is God is not a... It's not a, a a loss. Come on. It's not a defeat. It's not a dang, so nothing will change. No, it's good that he's God. It's good that he has the answer whether you know it yet or not. And even to provide like more context of what Jesse was saying, there's definitely times where God will say like, no, you know, minister to that person or give them this much because that'll yeah. give them enough to come back to me Fact. or whatever the case. But then there are those times where it's like, you know, there's situations where God wants to teach us something himself. My God. God wants to show us the path to his presence in this type of situation by himself. And that's where, you know, of course, be discerning, be be open. Don't take this and be like, I get to just not, I get to, you know, ignore people. Nothing like that. Right. But um, it, it really, we don't want to rob people of that experience. Facts. And that reminds me, I put something on my story about a while ago. It was talking about like... Dang, bring it back to me, Holy Spirit. Was it correction? Or, yeah, like, basically talking about, like, the idea of feelings and correction. And how, like, you know, people try to make it seem like they can't coexist. The fact that I can be a person who cares about your feelings and be a person who can deliver correction. Like, yeah. those two things can coexist. Because I care about you as a person, that should be the reason why I want to have a conversation about what is going on that's hindering your growth or what's going on that's maybe plaguing you or holding you back. But I think in that as well, we don't want to lean 
too much on either side. And going through things with God allows us to have the bandwidth and the maturity to know when do I pull more on this person needs to know that God still loves them versus this person needs to know God is telling you to get your stuff together. Yeah. Like you have more in you and you need to pull it to to manifest the grace that God has put on the inside of you. You need to stop shortchanging yourself. You need to stop acting like you're at the elementary stage in your walk when God is taking you to high school. And you know how to get out of this. Yeah. And I mean, even our apostle has helped us understand that too. Like there's things where it's like, we want to have time to just pout and complain. And it's like, come on. All right. You know, take your moment to be upset, but you know, God has graced you to navigate something like this. This, this is something small compared to how much you've grown. And we need people who can champion us in that way. Like, remember you are a champion. You are someone who knows how to walk with God yeah. through your, your through your difficulties. And you yeah. don't have to rely on someone always, you know, giving you the answer or just trying to make you feel better. Because sometimes we have to be in danger of that, too. Back to weighing your heart. Sometimes we're in situations where we don't want the solution. We want someone to tell us we were right. Yeah. We want someone to tell Facts. us, I understand. Facts. And and that's the understanding part is not always bad. Sometimes that that affirmation of like, bro, yeah. you handled this right is good. But then there's other times where it's like you need to be solutions minded, but you want to uh, uh, just, you know, defer to just tell me I did good. Facts. And your friends, your godly community has to know when each thing needs to be addressed. Yeah. And how. Yeah, I think even what you said about, like, how with Apostle, how he's, like, sometimes, you know, like, go on and pout and let you feel, but, like, don't dwell here. Like, yeah. I think a prayer, and I, I, the Holy Spirit literally just gave it to me in this moment, and I feel like I definitely need to start praying. I think any person should start praying this. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you discern what a light affliction is. Mm. Like, something that Apostle would tell me in moments where I was really frustrated was, like, this is essentially a light affliction and like that shows like that there's weights to certain afflictions certain yeah. things weigh more than others you know what i'm saying and so i feel like if we can't identify which is light which is on the lighter side and which is on the heavier side we will allow ourselves we will allow it to have the same effect on our soul because there's nothing to differentiate. That's so good. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is the one who is able to help us, bro, discern and di- differentiate what is a light affliction because with that. And then the thing is, like, if the Holy Spirit says this is a light affliction, but my feelings don't feel like it's a light affliction, that's where you ask the Holy Spirit to build you up in your emotions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I've I've prayed prayers like that. Like, God, if I feel if if I have if if I'm emotionally weak and I need to be stronger, build up my emotions. Yeah. Like and that's something where like I said, like that's a God issue. Like if you come to him and you say like you're weak in this area, it's his job to do the building. But you have to humble yourself and you have to admit that you are weak, you are deficient, you are too sensitive, you are in the moment right now and you're struggling with being impulsive. Like mm, you have good. to you have to be honest with him and you have to let him know that that is what's going on in your heart. And it it just brings so much freedom to your relationship, too. I'm going to say something this about impulsiveness, but I wanted to touch on the light affliction part. Mm -hmm. So as far as like being impulsive, like it's so good when you can be that honest. I've had times where I'm like, God, I want to make an impulsive decision. I want to go do X, Y and Z because I'm mad. I don't want to explore why I'm mad. I just want to do this. Help me. 
And that's the best prayer I could get out at the time. And that alone invites him into all of that. Like, it's not it's not something I have to avoid or something I have to pretend is not going on. And you can find his peace. You can find his presence through that. But what I wanted to say about the light affliction, that's so good because the enemy is cunning. The enemy's crafty. So say you're going through a, a rough re- a rough week. Maybe you're going through with your manager, your 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 relationship or friendship is rocky in the season. Um, maybe your money's a little short. Just on every side, it feels like every side. Come on, you have to endure something. There's affliction on every side, or not Come affliction, on. but you feel like there's you know there's something on every side that you just have to press through. And you've made it to Friday. You've made it to the end of the week, but you have stress on you. And the devil tries you with something small, but he wants to make it blow up. You have to remind yourself, I've dealt with demons bigger than this. Yeah, I'm going to let this one small thing take me out of my character, out of my mind, take me into sin, take me to a place where I got to repent from. Absolutely not. Like Jesse said, help me, God, to deter- to dis- determine and discern what is a light affliction. Yeah. Because the enemy is not going to have me cuss out my boss because I didn't get my order right at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Come on, like you know that is Facts. not the time to turn up. Yeah. But because of everything that you feel like you've endured, yeah. the enemy can you know make that appear as something and so much deception. bigger than it is. It's literally deception. Exactly. Let's not be deceived. Like yeah. that's that's so good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. My longest one ever, an hour thirty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Any of the final words? Grow with Christ. Grow. Yeah. This was good. This was fun, bro. It was really good. I enjoyed it, bro. Of course, bro. For sure. All right. Well, appreciate y'all for listening in. I will see y'all in the next episode. Peace out. Peace. What up, y'all? I just want to say that I appreciate each and every person that decided to listen to this latest podcast episode. I hope you were blessed and I hope you enjoyed it. There is definitely more to come. If you have not followed me on Instagram, follow me at Jesse Prada at J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. And I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.